Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. You know, I'm not really high on first-year coaches. I don't believe that, uh, you know, a team with, with a first-year coach is going to be able to really go out there and make some noise in the playoffs. So, you know, can they be a, a playoff team? For sure. But, yeah, I don't see if they're – Slater, think Steve Kerr is offended by Darnell's commentary. So is Dar- the coach Darnell covers, Billy Donovan, who took the, the Thunder to the uh, West Finals. And almost I'm sorry. The NBA I'm finals. sorry. Does West Unsell Jr. have St- Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka? Are you not a Kyle Kuzma? Like, you don't think Kyle Kuzma's ready to take that next leap? Montrez Harrell? No? No? No. Okay. no. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through Friday. On the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Tampering. We're this beautiful game of basketball that we all love and talk about every single day. With Sam Panic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To be able to bring uh-huh. people together. Reportedly at the center of an NBA investigation. Into tampering accusations. And the message to executive in the league is. Stop talking about players on other teams. What did I do? The charges filed. Impermissible contact. Was right or wrong? Tampering charges are really difficult to prove. You know me, I talk. <laughs> awkward to even talk about. I can't even mention teams anymore. Actually, what I like to play with Kevin Durant. The trial you want with tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. It's not rocket science. Everybody will have tamper with the guys. I didn't tamper. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Hello and welcome to the Tampering Podcast, part of the Athletic NBA Show Network. I am Sam Amick, national NBA writer at The Athletic. Here, as always, with my my host that is here week in and week out, unlike the other guy that, that we keep missing, Fred Katz, Nick's beat writer, is having a hard time with that team that keeps him very, very busy. Uh, but we do have the great Anthony Slater out west, Warriors beat writer. Slater, what's up, brother? This is a historic moment for you, Sam. This this is uh, two people here. We are about to introduce our other guests. This, this is two people here. That I should let you introduce them. Before podcasts were a thing, right? Before everybody had a podcast, we had a podcast. Me now, here's what's funny. I'll frame it this way. So Slater, now you and I talk on here every week. And because we're both Northern California, I see you all the time. Let's just not forget that that as far as OGs go, Darnell and I were rocking on the NBA beat. And then at, at Darnell Mayberry, I should actually introduce, Bulls beat writer, former OKC beat writer, long time for the Oklahoman. Like Darnell 
and I were coming through this thing, then it was like, man, who's this young dude, Slater, who's getting into the game a little bit too? And and, and you have come and you've made your mark, but Darnell Mayberry is in the house. My friend, what is going on? Hey, anytime you pull rank on Slater, I'm here for it. Let him know. <laughs> Let him know, fam. <laughs> I'm just saying he just he was, you know, what what's the old saying? Wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. Slater was trying to get his feet wet. And we we're just like, all right, we'll show you the we'll show you the ropes. Slater's come a long way, man. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that dude. <laughs> we Sam, we used to do this Thunder Buddies podcast. This must have been like 2013 range, up in the old Oklahoman building out near Edmond. Uh in a remember that podcast studio, Darnell, when we first Oh started? yeah. Yeah. Remember we had a we had a uh fantasy GM draft in that studio. That's where we did the little we drafted this little fi- fiction um team that you know you drafted what seven eight players. I drafted seven or eight players hypothetically. There was and my team arguments. was better. My team was better. One thing I remember, we used to have heated debates that included Mike Sherman, our old sports editor, about uh, it was when, you know, the Westbrook, is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard era? Uh, and Chris Paul was with the Clippers and Darnell was very much into like point God is is the true, you know, Still point am. guard of the league. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, again, I don't want to I feel like we've this has been the year of, of criticism for Russell Westbrook, but it's coming out looking better for you. I mean, Chris Paul, you know, older than Russell Westbrook, still going, leading the top team in the league really at this point and, and you know, everything going on in LA, just interesting. You guys took, you took like 27 seconds to, to take this pod down the time to, to just kill Russell Westbrook. Way to stay on brand. <laughs> hey, hey right. let's look at the positives though. Chris Paul, unbelievable career that man has had, man. You got to give him Absolutely. his flowers. Well, especially as as all three of us get older, I'm I'm down for any old dude who can keep doing his thing. I I like that idea. True that. Yep. Yeah. So on the show today, guys, as you know, to give the listeners the heads up and the framing here, uh, we're going to talk playoff picture in both the East and the West. Now, within that, in the East, of course, we're going to take a few minutes to dive deeper on those Chicago Bulls that have had themselves a hell of a season and are easily one of the most compelling storylines of the year. Uh, but try to get, you know, separate fact from fiction on what we think of, you know, not the standings are one thing. We're going to go a little deeper, figure out, you know, who's legit, who's not, and and probably focus a lot on the back end of those races uh, as we try to figure out what it might look like in the next couple of months. So, gentlemen, let's go to the East. Um, I, I got to say this later, like we're going to go through our – our list here and whatnot, but just seeing Darnell's face, reading Darnell's coverage uh, before jumping on the pod, I, I'm going to cheat and start talking bulls. And then we'll find a way to work through that because Darnell, you know, for me, you go back to last summer and I've told this story, I think on the pod before, like the moves that the bulls made, you know, you're adding Lonzo ball, you're bringing DeMar DeRozan to town, you're getting Alex Caruso and some of the scrutiny that came with that. I found so interesting because you got Arturis Karnisivis, you know, new GM taking big swings and they look like they've paid off. That's not always the case for new executives. A lot of times, you know, guys who get that opportunity for the first time are somewhat measured, maybe even tentative. He goes all in. It's working really, really well. I got to ask you because I know hindsight's twenty twenty. I can sit on here and say, hey, look, you know, it worked. But like, where was your head at when they shook up the roster like they did and how surprised if at all are you that they are sitting here as we stand uh, to give the numbers. What do we got? 16 and eight, second in the East, fourth in net rating, uh, eighth in offensive rating, seventh in defensive rating rather. They're a damn good team. So, you know, how surprised are you? 
You know, when they first made the move um, for DeRozan, I was shocked. Um, you know, they had been rumored to get Lonzo Ball, so that was that didn't come as a surprise. Long, long-standing rumors. Um, but the DeRozan addition caught me by surprise. But while everyone sort of killed it, I thought, you know, credit the Bulls for actually going out here and doing something. Um, you know, for years they they gone they'd gone after the wrong players, giving them the wrong contracts, and watched it go the wrong way. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade, uh, Jabari Parker, these types of free agents that they would try to attract and 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 overpay. Uh, and then everyone wanted to talk about a guy who still clearly had a lot left in the tank uh, in DeRozan and how much he doesn't shoot threes and how much they paid him and giving up draft picks for him. And it's like no one was coming to Chicago. They had to make a move. They had to make a bold splash uh, to try to get this thing started. And you got to give them credit for having the vision to say, yeah, not only is this guy going to be uh, a good target for us, but yes, he can fit with Zach Levine. So um, I, I was a fan. I've always been a fan of DeRozan. I, I didn't think that it was a bad move. I did think they gave up a lot, but after covering this team the previous four seasons and seeing them just spin their wheels over and over and over, uh, I was under the impression that it was a good decision by them to go out there and try to make a play to get back in the thick of this conversation. And that's what they've done. Yeah, you know, uh, Sam mentioned the net rating and, and offensive defensive rating. By the way, he's got them all lined up. I can tell you in, in each team. Oh, don't pull the curtain back. You don't got to tell <laughs> Sam's the unbelievable work. What are you talking about? It's the top of my head. The uh, there you. Hey, no, I think it's more impressive that you did the research. Although if it was uh, just top of your head, you just could calculate it as you watched it. But I'm like Nate Duncan out here. Technically, you know, isn't top ten? If you're top ten offense, top ten defense, you're supposed to be. That's the profile of a title contender historically. Right. Um, right, right. I don't know if you're ready to go there, Darnell. But the eighth in defensive rating right now. Um, you know, that was the question mark when they brought DeRozan on. Seventh, 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 right. even better. Um, yeah. Is how you know? I mean, I think a lot of it is probably Caruso and Lonzo Ball. Maybe people underrated that. You know what those perimeter bulldogs could do, but you know, it's Vucevic at center. I mean, it's probably a credit to Billy Donovan, but like, how are they a top 10 defense? Yeah. You just mentioned sort of all of the, the, the usual suspects Lonzo ball uh, starts it off. The, the point of attack defense has been so much different this season than it was in previous seasons for the bulls. And Lonzo ball is, is the key to that. He uh, has come in and instilled a mindset uh, on the perimeter, and and not just the perimeter, his versatility, I got to give him a lot of credit uh, because he's going out there and guarding uh, not just guards, but but forwards, uh, centers, uh, you know, whatever they need him to guard, he's he's going out there and trying to to, to accept the challenge. So, uh, but Lonzo Ball deserves a lot of credit uh, for his on-ball defense to start with, and then also his versatility. Alex Caruso deserves a lion's share of the, the credit as well. Um, and the praise. And then you also have to, to credit Billy Donovan, like you said, Slater. He's had good defensive teams throughout his career, going back to, to you know, his Oklahoma City days. Um, and so it's not a shock, uh, even though when you looked at the roster and you thought DeMar DeRozan, not known as a defender, Zach Levine, not known as a defender, Vucevic, not known as a defender. Everyone thought, how are they going to make this work? Uh, but outside of those three guys, 
they got a team full of defenders. Uh, it's not just Ball and and, and Caruso. Uh, they got Io DeSumo coming in, you know, second round draft pick out of Illinois, Chicago native, uh, who comes in and plays hard. Had a monster chase down block on Nets guard Cam Thomas uh, Saturday night in Brooklyn. So he's plus uh, sixteen in that game. Plus, a game high plus sixteen. Um, so that was for, right off the top of Sam's head, by the way. You should have written about that, Darnell. Man, why didn't you write? Oh, okay, you did. You did. <laughs> Too much about it. But uh, yeah, so so they're just, they're just doing a lot of things uh, from a team perspective that everyone's bought in. Everyone has uh, decided that, that they are they have some sort of chip on their shoulder and they're playing their role to perfection. Um, and I think they they all deserve credit for that because. That was the big question mark. Everyone felt they could score, but now it's like, you know, it's almost like most nights their defense is way better than their offense, even if the numbers don't quite reflect that. So I'm going to do that sports talk radio thing, knowing full well that I'm doing it. You know, welcome to the media where you have a dynamic duo like DeRozan and Levine. And so naturally what I try to do is be divisive and say, like, who's the MVP of this team? Darnell, and I asked that because <laughs> this because, sounds like a Westbrook Durant thing. Darnell had to yeah. answer back in the day. Right? No, exactly. the truth is, here I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm pull the curtain back a little more on the media side. I got a text. I don't. I think this is fair game from friend and colleague uh, Tim Bontemps from ESPN. He does this every year where he tries to get a polling among media members of uh, how the race is looking. Right. So I was helping Tim out, sending him my top five, and within that top five. You are then forced, if you're going to have a bull, you are then forced to decide what you think about, you know, who the MVP is of this team. I can see this question has got you broken up, Darnell. <laughs> oh, yeah. He needs, he needs some water. He knows what's coming. Man, I am stressing you out. <laughs> Get to it, man. What's the question? The question, who, if it's, if you're picking a bull to be in the MVP race, which yeah. one is it? Um, DeMar DeRozan. And All right, I feel better at, now. In fact, I actually asked him uh, about six or seven games ago. Uh, you know, we hadn't even reached a quarter way through the season yet. And I asked him you know, how he would feel about pos- possibly winning MVP uh, and just simply been in the conversation this early part of the season. Uh, he blew it off. You know, he just talked about how everything comes with winning. But the way he's played, I thought it was a it was a valid question at the time. And who knows what's going to happen the rest of the way. We've still got a little less than three quarters of the season left and, and a lot can happen. But, um, you know, I might not get a chance to ask him that again. But right now sure. he's off to an incredible start. So um, if you look at the, his fourth quarter numbers, if you look at his on-off numbers, you just look at any uh, – and, Sam, you might have this off the top of your head. You might – you oh might have God. all of that. <laughs> but, just let me but, know what uh, you need. This, this right? vault is open for everyone. So I just think his impact, uh, and he has also got the narrative in his favor. You know, Zach Levine Absolutely. had yeah. put up great numbers and, and had carried the team as best he could for the past four seasons. But, uh, you know, now it just looks like, oh, they go out and get DeMar DeRozan. He's putting up great numbers, top five in scoring. He must be the reason why they've turned this around not realizing Zach Levine has been just as good uh, and on some nights even better. So, uh, but yeah, DeMar I mean, has been you, more consistent, I think. And I think I go with, with DeMar for what he's done uh, all season and down the stretch in games. Yeah, that, that was my pick. So I'm feeling good about that. What's interesting, what jumps off the page about comparing their two seasons is that the counting stats are 
almost identical. About 26 points a game, uh, about five, I'm sorry, about five and a half rebounds a game, about four assists. DeMar, of course, is not shooting that three ball nearly at the volume that Zach is. And so that's where their games differ. I mean, you got DeMar with an individual plus minus of 6.1. Levine is 1.6. So, you know, different, but a lot of similarity there. Both dudes killing it. And and fourth quarter clutchness is, is off the charts. I mean, there's so much fun to watch between that in Lonzo style, Alex's defense, the guys you kind of got into, are you, I mean, sometimes in this job, we're afraid to, not afraid to admit, but we don't talk a lot about the, the, you know, our own entertainment factor as people, you know what I mean? If you cover a terrible team and they just play the game in in an incredibly, you know, unflattering way, you don't enjoy watching the game as much. You, you've watched some bad basketball, Darnell, like, is this team, you know, as entertaining? I mean, you, those Thunder teams back in the day, did their thing and they were fun to watch, even if Russ might have been frustrating at times. Is does it feel like the the showman factor of this team is is legit and, and fun to watch on a nightly basis? Definitely. And before the season even started, someone asked me, one of a one of our readers asked me, who am I looking forward to seeing most in the revamped roster? And I told my answer was DeMar DeRozan, because we just haven't seen a score like him in a long time in Chicago. Uh, and someone said, I think the same guy might have replied, Zach Levine, question mark. I'm like, yeah, Zach's up there, but DeRozan does it a little differently. And uh, you're seeing it the way he operates in the mid-range, how he can make tough, contested shots look easy. And it doesn't matter whether he's playing a a, a guard or forward, a big man. Uh, it doesn't matter who's on him. It doesn't matter how much length they have, how much athleticism they have. He finds a way to still score by getting to his spots and getting the shots he wants. Uh, and, and he's so consistent with it. And that's what I think is going to make this team so dangerous uh, throughout the rest of the season and into the postseason, uh, assuming they qualify uh, and don't fall off a cliff, uh, is that they've got two deadly scorers who can get a bucket anytime you need them to. And so from that standpoint, it's been incredibly fun to watch. Uh, it's been incredibly enjoyable. Uh, and you do feel like there's a, a a difference. There's been a shift in the entertainment value. There's been a shift in the in the overall product. I mean, you saw it at Denver. They they took over Ball Arena in Denver. Bulls fans, I'm talking, uh, just throughout the crowd. And and people say Denver, you know, it's a it's a city where a lot of people have have migrated to, um, and so that happens a lot. But I couldn't believe how many Bulls fans were in Denver. Same thing Saturday at, at Brooklyn. Tons of Bulls fans in the building. Tons of cheers for DeRozan and Levine whenever they did anything. Uh, and you just have that same sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just just the buzz every time the Bulls walk into the building. And that's been a good thing to see. They came to San Francisco, and that's probably the most road fans I've seen in a game this year. Uh, you know, it wasn't they didn't overtake Chase, but it was just like a lot more just red than you know I'm used to seeing. You know, compared to to other teams. How about locally in Chicago, United Center? You know, obviously the Bears are such a hot topic around there. But just what is what's the belief level? You know, you mentioned it there. They're still this as long you know if they don't fall off a cliff. I mean, they're second in the East. We mentioned the profile as a contender, but is there? a belief that this is, you know, back to the Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, where maybe they won't win the title, but they're just going to be like a, they're going to be a factor in the East playoffs. Is there that belief in Chicago? 
Yeah, for sure. It's very similar, uh, especially to those years where Rose uh, was coming back from injury and, and quite maybe not quite in the lineup yet. And it was just a try hard team that was scrappy and everyone uh, could wrap their arms around them because everyone knew they were undermanned and, and uh, you know, a long shot to really make any noise in the playoffs. But uh, this team's got star power. DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, you can maybe throw ball in there on some nights. He's, there's three balls at a career high level. Uh, he's, he's having he's a, a name great season. Too. He's, he's a, a name, name too, right? People he's a love him. People love him. Um, and so <clears throat> you've got that. You've got the gritty guys like the DeSumos, the Carusos. Um, you've got uh, good coaching and Billy Donovan. That's something that has eluded the Bulls in the past. And, um, you know, they, they, they play well together. They, they seem to all enjoy each other. Uh, they've got to get healthy. Uh, this COVID stuff is kind of really throwing a wrench into everything with three guys now, Vucevic, Javante Green, and and Kobe White all being uh, contracting COVID-19. But if they can stay healthy and if they can uh, avoid some of these health and safety protocols, uh, yeah, people people really feel good about this team, man. They are, they are uh, fun to watch. They play sustainable winning basketball. Uh, and they feel like they can make some noise in the in the postseason, no matter who they're playing. They've they've already got wins against Brooklyn twice, Utah once at home, at Denver, even though Jokic didn't play. Uh, they beat the Lakers, even though LeBron didn't play. Uh, they beat the Clippers, even though Kawhi still is obviously not here. And they got routed by the Warriors. I mean, that was one of their only bad losses of the year. So everything they're doing really does feel sustainable, and people are excited about it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, let's make our way through the East to to get your opinions on who's for real, who's not. Uh, I will say on the back end of this, Darnell, and we don't want to keep you all day, but this this is a good old-fashioned radio tease. I'm in radio mood today. Uh, we might have to circle back and ask you about your trip to New York and everything from wonderful pizza to to fears of, of murder. That was a hell of a column you wrote talking about the, the rigors of the road. Um, so, you know, people got to stay tuned for that. But if we look at the East... Uh, we know who's for real in terms of just being in the playoffs. Nets, Bulls, the defending champion Bucks, of course. Miami's fallen off a bit, but they're right there. A lot of bio yeah. injury with Miami is one thing to mention. For sure. Absolutely. And how, how long we talk? I mean, that's all probably year. Probably four to six yeah. Uh, yeah. weeks, it sounds like. You know, but it's okay. probably the, the short end. I mean, it's a thumb. He should be able to stay in condition. But, you know, as as we talk about the East, right, it's very clumped right there. So. It's incredibly clumped. I mean, those those top three jump off the page. Miami, too, is, is you know, they're 14 and 10, but you mentioned the out-of-bio vulnerability. From there, you know, Fred Katz's former team, the Wizards are probably worth touching on and because they've been a fun story, uh, a surprising story. They make the Westbrook trade, you know, and all those Lakers pieces come their way and are doing good things. 
the record looks fantastic based on what we thought they were going to be. They're 14 and 10. As Darnell kind of highlighted before we jumped on the air here, their net rating is 19th, which is the kind of thing that, and that's league-wide, that, that makes you second-guess a little bit who they are. Uh, what you know? Who I don't know who wants to jump in, but what's our belief level on the Wizards at the moment? I want Darnell to jump in on this one because, I mean, I don't know if you know Sam, but he's You want to talk about Westbrook again. <laughs> no, nah, he's got a little Wizards blood flowing through him. Uh, they're four and six in their last ten, which is something to look at. Lost two in a row. They're, you know, point differentials in the negative. But Darnell Mayberry, as somebody who who may enjoy some Wizards basketball from time to time, do you believe in this Wizards team? No, I haven't believed in the Wizards in about 20 years, uh, if you want to know the truth of the matter. But uh, shout out to all my fellow Wizards fans out there. I can say that as a reporter, because if you come after me, I can say I've spent just as much time, energy, effort and and resources on Wizards as as any Wizards fan who's listening to this. So um, I I do not believe in them. I do like that they have um, a star in Bradley Beal. I do like that they have more depth than they did last year. They're playing uh, much more as a team. And if we want to, you know, circle back to Westbrook, I I just thought that that trade from the start, it was obvious that they were going to be a better team. Uh, A little breaking news here, speaking of the bullies. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, but yes. Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So there goes your MVP candidate, Sam, right there, getting a little uh, momentum. If we got 3,000 words on pizza, how many are we getting on Player of the Week tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow. I called you tomorrow, Darnell. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do like some of the things that the Wizards have done. I like, think I like some is greater than the parts now. Um, and so if they are going to maintain this, I don't know. But um, I, I like what they've done. Also, you know, I, I'm not really high on first-year coaches. I don't believe that. Uh, you know, a team with with a first year coach is going to be able to really go out there and make some noise in the playoffs. So, you know, can they be a, a playoff team for sure? But yeah, I don't see if they're. I don't Slater, think they're Steve make Kerr noise. is offended by Darnell's commentary. So is Dar- the coach Darnell covers Billy Donovan, who took the the Thunder to the uh, West Finals. And almost I'm sorry, the NBA. I'm finals. sorry. Does West Unsell Jr. have St- Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka? Are you not a Kyle Kuzma? Like, you don't think Kyle Kuzma's ready to take that next leap? Montrez Harrell? No? No? No. Okay. No. Um, do we think they're a playoff team, though? You know, they're fifth right now. You know, t- I guess 10 is technically. Do we think they can avoid the play-in? Are we going down to the play-in, huh? All right. I mean, look, five, if you're five right now in a clumped east, you're basically in, you know, nearly in the play-in. Wes Unsell's done a very good job, by the way. And and one of the things that people say about him is like, yeah, first year head coach, but man, he's got a long history, you know, in coaching. And he, I don't know. Guys, eight, eight, eight teams in the East separated by three losses. I mean, that's where you jump off a cliff when you get past Miami. Um, and so, you know, the list I'm looking at takes us down to 12. So, you know, we got we got two who would be on the outside looking into the play-in. I don't know how that's going to come out in the wash, but I guess let me frame it this way because, you know, I don't want to go team by team. The standings as of this Monday recording from the Wizards down go Wizards, Hornets, Cavs, Celtics, Sixers, Hawks. You're defending, you know, an Eastern Conference Finals participant that is out of the playoff picture at the moment. The Knicks, who have certainly fallen off, and then Toronto. If we're picking two out of that bunch – to not even be touching the play-in, who comes to mind first? 
um, Cavs, although, you know, I like obviously what, what Mobley and eighth in net rating Slater eighth in the league. You, what's I'm interested. The Hornets the next few weeks are, are in a rough position, right? Because, you know, Darnell mentioned the health and safety protocols. They got LaMelo Ball and a few other players in it. And, you know, how do they survive this wave? And do, can they kind of regain some of their momentum? I, you know, so we're including Knicks and Raptors in that. I, I don't know where, where are you at. I, I would even go, I know like the Sixers are going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. I do think the Hawks and, and even the Celtics will rise, especially once MB Agreed. gets back in a rhythm. So those are the teams I feel like I, I'm cementing and putting above the Wizards, Hornets, Cavs bracket. Uh, Darnell covers the, the East on a daily basis. Like, wh- which of those teams do you think? Yeah, Philly, I'm with you. Uh, Philly, they've got it. Uh, so. Two of the Bulls' eight losses have come to the Sixers. And so I may be a little biased or jaded because of that because uh, they really had uh, good performances against the Bulls, and that's kind of ingrained in my mind. So I think they're going to get it together, uh, and you still got Embiid there. Um, so I, I think I'm with Slater. The, the, the Cavs, for sure, seem like, of all the teams that you mentioned, Sam, is likely to fall off. Uh, and then I'd probably say the Hornets just because like young coaches, young teams, uh, I just, I believe in experience, uh, not saying that they can't, but they, they're relying on a lot of young players in Charlotte. Uh, even though I do like James Borrego and what he's doing with that team and how they, he gets them to play together. Charlotte and the Wizards, I think, uh, or not Charlotte and the Wizards, Charlotte and Cleveland, I think could, could be in for a little bit of a slack. What's how about the Knicks though? Like you know, I was, I gonna, I was had, gonna go there. Yeah, yeah. I wish we had Fred on to to discuss it, but um, that's probably like the disappointment Listen, of the East right now, right? For sure. I mean, I'm trying to think. Why am I forgetting the phrase that they tipped their season off bing with? They, bong they, they, or whatever. Bing bong. We're gonna go from bing bong to you know to bang boom boom. You're out of the playoffs. That was terrible. I tried. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> they they are not playing well. They're 21st in the league in net rating. Um, the Kemba Walker situation, you know, Tom, I'm all about coaches making tough decisions. And at first glance, and, and I don't think, I mean, they're not going to start winning games with Kemba, but it looked like that was the right move to take Kemba out of the lineup. There was a lot of justification for doing it, but it certainly didn't propel them into a better place. You know, they're, they're getting booed at home uh, at different times. Um, they don't look good. I can't imagine the noise and the decibel level in New York if this team, after all the excitement and optimism of last year, doesn't even get into the plan. But, you know, I guess to give my answer, if you're asking me to pick two teams out of this 12 that, that will be at home when we're not even the playoffs with the play-in starts, I'm probably going with Knicks and Raptors because I think the Cavs, admittedly not watching them every night, but their numbers stack up very, very well. Ricky Rubio has been great for them. Mobley obviously has been a super impactful rookie. Um, Raptors are just in a rebuilding type, you know, transitionary stage. But all the numbers tell you right now that the Knicks, you know, in addition to some of their locker room drama, that they are certainly going in the wrong direction. Their starting lineup just gets like pummeled every game. I mean, I think that's part of the reason, you know, that the Kemba Walker thing happened. But I don't, to me, just like the desperation that Tom Thibodeau will coach with the fact that, I mean, we all know he's probably in the film room like 24 seven right now trying to solve all these little issues. And just to me, the priority of the Knicks to somehow muscle their way into the playoffs. 
I think we'll get them in the the you know, will of Tom Thibodeau in the play. I don't faith. even think like I don't necessarily think that's good. I think they were a little bit overhyped because of what happened last year. But I just think over the course of '82, they'll f- somehow slide their way into ninth or tenth in the East. That's not even a good result of a season. I just think you know I, the Cavaliers don't have Colin Sexton for the year. I could just see them kind of floating in and out, but. I don't, should we be that surprised by the Knicks this season, though? I mean, last season. No, I'm with you, Slater. Like, yeah. last season, everyone just sort of thought that they, oh, they're back. Like, no, they had a good little year and a, and a funky year at that. And then, like, RJ Barrett needs to be better. Uh, and I, that's why you guys talk about Fred Katz. I wish he was here. He could talk about this in detail, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't play um, when the Bulls played them Thursday, but he just hasn't been what, you know, he should be. And, and that, to me, is what's going to hold the Knicks back more than anything. You know what you're going to get from Julius Randle. Uh, he does have his limitations, but you know what you're going to get offensively. R.J. Bear has got to be their second best player. And the fact that you can't truly say that he is, I mean, that limits, that puts a real ceiling uh, on, on that franchise right now that's currently constructed. Agreed. Agreed. But, man, everything is louder in that arena, I was watching the game over the weekend and it's just like the, you know, the vibe is there. The crowd is back it's after COVID, you know, we had an empty garden and, and I know everybody was empty, but that's a special place to watch hoops. It is kind of fun to watch when things are going well and uh, seems to be going the other way. They've lost five out of seven. Their schedule is fairly friendly in the next little stretch. If they want to get right, they've got San Antonio coming Tuesday to the garden. Um, they got Indiana, Toronto after that before it gets tougher. All right, let's jump over to the, the West. Um, Slater, we know what your Warriors are about. They got a little revenge against Phoenix on Friday night. Had They dropped that, that trap game on Saturday to San Antonio. Um, but still, best record in the league, tied with Phoenix. We can keep it moving from there. You know, the Suns coming in at number two or 1A. Uh, Jazz, 16-7. and seven. Again, we're focusing on the the playoff uh, fringe teams. That's the layer, though, in the West, right? It, to me, as we talk, it's it's Warrior Suns, Jazz are like lock them in. That's it. Yeah, that's. And I think then, it's the top four in the East, and then the top three in, in the West is how I would frame it. Yeah, and then beyond that, I mean, to me, question marks everywhere in the West, probably more than the East. Hundred percent. I mean, I'll start with. I mean, here's the thing: you get to the fourth spot, and this is fluid. You know, every single day, these standings are getting turned on their heads after the first three teams, but. Here comes Memphis, who's you know spent time without John Morant, which just beat Oklahoma City by 370 points or whatever it was. Andrew Schleck uh, has left the Zoom call. <laughs> because of my slander yeah, of the that, Thunder. That, you yeah. mentioned that 72 <laughs> game. That point went. <laughs> by the way, shout out John Hollinger. Uh, if people have not read his satire column uh, talking about what should happen in Oklahoma City, the Colangelo's needing to come to town and and take over like they did in Philly, uh, you know, with his tongue planted firmly in his cheek. I thought that was a fantastic column by our guy, John, but Memphis is 13 and 10. So the record gets you the fourth spot in the West, but Oh, by the way, since it's, you know, net rating Monday, if you will, 20th in net rating, 20th in the NBA and you're fourth in the West. That makes no sense. The West four through 10, four through 15, whatever you want to say is just, I mean, makes sense, whatever. Like, oh, right, who's the fourth best team in the West? Darnell, who do you think is the fourth best team in the Western Conference? Los Angeles Lakers. 
And is that purely your belief that, you know, a healthy LeBron will be a Superman LeBron next to Davis and they'll drag what I think you would probably admit is is not a well-constructed supporting cast around them to to be the fourth best team? Because, you know, I understand that argument, but like they certainly have not been playing like the fourth best team in the West. Right. Right now, they are, they are not playing like it. But, uh, you know, they've had some injuries. They've had to, to readjust and, and learn on the fly a little bit. Russell Westbrook, you know, Sam was killing him and after like game one in, in a long <laughs> column. Uh, he's, the best. he's turned it around a little bit uh, and started to a get it going. A, a, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, you know, it wasn't much lower he could go from where he started this season. But uh, yeah, so uh, I just think they're the most talented. Uh, they have, they're one of the most talented teams in the West. And at the end of the day, that's going to matter. Um, especially come toward the end of the season and into the playoffs, you've got to find a way to deal with Westbrook, LeBron, and AD. Um, and, and teams are going to have problems trying to do that. They do. They are a flawed roster, but I do think they're the, best, the fourth best team. So you got part of that answer right, Darnell, the Los Angeles part. I'm going with the Clippers for the fourth best team. They defensively, um, it's, it's incredibly impressive that they have been able to, they're fourth in the league right now, defensive rating. They were number two when they played the Clippers, not too, I'm sorry, the Warriors, Warriors not yeah. too long ago. The defense is sound. Paul George has too much on his plate. He looked like an MVP candidate early. And then the last couple of weeks, you do see the fatigue and, and maybe, you know, me saying that the fourth best team in the West won't hold up because of that. Cause I think that's an important thing, but they're a good team. And, you know, you again, go back to net rating just for context. 13th in the league. Um, Reggie Jackson's up and down play, which has been the case since the beginning of time, kills them because when he's good, they're good. And, and then he falls off and has single digit scoring nights. And and that's tough. But, you know, they, they got the best of the Lakers on Friday, which I thought was a fascinating game. LeBron obviously was able to come back for that one. And they're just a good team. They're not great. They're not even, you know, above average at this point. But the other layer, as you guys know, that makes them worth watching is, and I just got back from LA, is the fact that with Kawhi Leonard and his return being uncertain in terms of timing, um, for one, I'm starting to feel, just my opinion, talking to people that, that I'd be surprised at this point if we didn't see him at some point late in the season. But I think there's a correlation between how the Clippers play and where they are in the standings and where his head is at in terms of pushing himself physically. So they got a lot to play for and uh, it's, it's not pretty, but they're making it work so far. I, I generally agree with Darnell that like, I I feel most of those group of that group, but below the top three, I feel uh, best that the Lakers will be there. They'll be in the playoffs um, just because of their, talent it's going to be a bumpy ride to that spot no, i hear um, playoffs i thought we were doing that yeah fourth yeah, in the yeah. West. look, look yeah. Cl- clippers um i don't know to me they'll they're, both be in the playoffs yeah yeah, yeah. probably uh, but i don't know maybe not like mavericks too uh i mean i don't know where you guys at with like luca and that that mix darnell's on mute Inconsistent. I mean, they're they're young. Um, other than their core, um, I, I don't want to miss anything. Didn't what happened with Porzingis today? I got tweets on my phone about KP. You know, but you know, Luca's doing his thing. His numbers are MVP caliber again. You know, he's he's coming at you with twenty five, eight, and seven, or whatever it is. Um, but you know, Jason Kidd goes out there, and you know, the impact so far has well, it hadn't been great on either end of the floor. But I mean, the offense. 
being 20th is a problem. You know, the couple of years back with Steven Silas kind of pulling the strings in the Rick Carlisle Mavericks offense, it was historically good. So I know some of the pieces have changed, but for this Mavericks team to be 20th in offense is a problem. The, the three I would put below that top three are Clippers, Lakers, Mavs. That, that's who I feel most comfortable avoiding the play in. Darnell, you were about to say something about the Mavs? Yeah, the, the two teams I would mention was Dallas and Portland. Uh, and my belief in, uh, I wouldn't call it belief, but uh, Portland stems from my belief in Damian Lillard. Um, you know, obviously they're not off to a good start. But Dallas with Luka and, and the Blazers with, with Dame. Uh, I just wouldn't count out. And yeah, I'd throw the Clippers in that mix too. So that'd be my next four. Lakers, Clippers, Dallas, Dallas, uh, Portland. Let's let's talk Portland though, because you know, Sam, obviously you had a story come out today with with Shams and Jason Quick up there in Portland. Uh just you know, obviously just, just Shams on this one for the record. What up? I said just Shams on this one. Oh, okay. Jay, uh, of course, always a yeah, great yeah, yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they just fired their GM. I mean, Lillard's not even currently playing because he has an ab injury that apparently dates back years. But really, you know, remember it popped up in the Olympics. It's why he was ineffective in the Olympics. He just has not played well at all this season. Kind of lower energy at times out there. I watched the the Warriors kind of go through them easily the other night. Um, they have a 30th ranked defense. It was like 28th when they came into San Francisco, but it was just like the the way that the, some of the Warriors' simple offensive actions just work so easily against them. You know, it was like you just make two passes and somebody's out of position, boom, dunk. It's just there's a lifelessness to them. And, and particularly if you read Jason's coverage in Portland or what you and Shams wrote today, um, you start to think about Damian Lillard's future. And, and if you wonder, forget about Damian Lillard requesting a trade. Is it time for Portland, who have to bring in a new GM soon, to hit the the blow-up button? I don't know, but I just... I, I feel Darnell saying, you know, you trust a Luka, you trust a, a Lillard um, because of the past, but it just seems like it's time in Portland. And they fired yeah. the coach recently. They fired the GM now. Is it just time to just change the core? It, it's very well. Could be. I mean, even that Luka-Dame comparison in a vacuum, I get it for sure. But Luka in that program, they're still on the way up. If anything, they've underperformed in the playoffs to this point. But they got a new GM with Nico Harrison and seemingly you know, trying to make it kind of progress there. In Portland, it is that let's time, it's look in the mirror time, right? Like C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard coming at you with two, six, three guards in the backcourt and then adding Norm Powell, the length is a problem. And defensively, this is yet another situation where lo and behold, you know, the coaching situation, I mean, Terry Stotts is, I am guarantee you looking at this going, oh, look at that. You know, I guess it wasn't my fault. And, and Chauncey Billups came in with a, a fairly significantly different defensive system, asked for their patience, asked for their buy-in, seemed to have it early on. But then, like we know, you know, once the game starts stacking up and the season starts wearing on and the results aren't there, frustration will rise. Um, there's a lot of layers to this thing, but I mean, as far as Damian goes, I, I just think it's tricky. You, I mean, Slater, we've talked on the pod about last summer and, and, and it was clear as day where his head was at, you know, he's having conversations with LeBron James about what it might look like joining that group in Lakerland. And, you know, if he was going to ask out and try to push his way there, he's clearly gathering Intel from different spots you know would this work better for me but but all the while to be fair it's got to get said he continues to be incredibly ingrained in the portland market and i think at the end of the day would prefer 
for this thing to, to finish in Portland. He'd love to win a championship in Portland, but he looks around and with Neil gone, you got Joe Cronin getting elevated to the top front office role. Don't sleep on the idea that he's got a fairly green light right now to try to improve things roster wise and maybe even a crack at the job beyond the interim status, but they're going to, you know, they definitely need to make sure they turn over every rock. A lot of good candidates names have been thrown out there, but uncertainty all over the place. And then the human factor comes in, right? Because, you know, like even us today writing about the idea of, all right, Ben Simmons in a Blazers uniform is something that, you know, our reporting indicates that Dane would would feel good about that possible fit. Well, the elephant in the room is that means CJ McCollum has got to head out of town. And that's a, a group that has played together and, and won a lot of games for a long time. But we've seen the ceiling and now we're seeing an even worse version of that. And, and to give you guys a little bit of a snapshot of what you guys know, and, and Sam, in your case, have already written, um, you know, the Bulls were up there in Portland on November 17th, and they were up by 20 on the Blazers at halftime or in the, in the second quarter, right before halftime. And I tweeted something like, the Blazers look like they don't want to be here. That's how bad it was. Now, the reason I, I still have belief in Damian Lillard is because partly because the Blazers came back and won that game. Uh, and he had 11 fourth quarter points uh, and he still has that clutch factor. There did seem to be an air of, uh, I'm trying not to use profanity here. It's over. Was <laughs> yeah, this a hard-rated it's like, podcast? It's yeah. over. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, so, you, yeah. So Let yeah, I understand exactly what you guys are saying. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of guys are checked out up there and it just didn't feel like a good vibe. Uh, being up there back in November. So uh, that thing could really blow up. But if they're going to give it a shot, if if they get this, you know, this new interim GM and, and Chauncey Phillips can can uh, get on one page, get on one accord and start pulling in the right direction, they may be able to turn it around. And they've got a, a guy who never says uh, he, he he doesn't have a, he, does, he has a never say die mentality and mindset in Damian Lillard. So I will never count that guy out. Uh, and I think Blazers fans have learned to do the same with him. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Just in case uh, any of the listeners missed it, I mean, you guys have been doing this a long time, so you've seen frustrated coaches, frustrated players. The quote that Billups dropped after the Blazers lost to Boston on Saturday night was... You know, probably on, you know, I put it on my top 20, top 30 list. It's not crazy, but like the candor for him to sit up there and say, and I quote, competitive fire and pride. That's something you either have or don't have. That's something you can't turn off and turn on. I've never seen a team that needs its bench to inspire our starters. That shit is crazy to me. It's supposed to be the other way around. Like it's kind of all you got to hear to get a gauge of the mood up there. Well, so they're. Superstar and franchise face spent the entire offseason flirting with leaving. Like, clearly was, you know, has made it somewhat clear that he doesn't think the roster is championship caliber, which I would agree. It's not. Um, but the fact that he spent the entire offseason thinking about leaving, clearly, um, I can't make his teammates feel good. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of like, you know, when LeBron's done with a roster and then he starts kind of acting like he's done with the roster and then. It doesn't, you know, it's like with the Lakers and Alonzo Ball. So like that one year he was with the Lakers and was like, eh, this isn't the, the championship core. And eventually that, you know, orneriness from LeBron or whatever you want to call it led to Anthony Davis. And then he was re-inspired and they win a title. It worked. Like to me, Damian Lillard has net, let his locker room know, and he is the leader of that locker room. No, I don't think you guys can do it. I don't think we can do it collectively. And so, I mean, if you were one of his teammates, do you? It might be tough to like, we, we you know, we've got to defend tonight. We've got to try to compile a four game win streak right now. Like, no, they're probably all sitting there thinking like, you know, GM gone, coach gone, star doesn't think we're good enough. Like, it just feels like it's over for that iteration of the Blazers. That's all. And and to me, like, I just don't see an inspired Blazers run coming unless big changes are made. All fair. All fair. Uh, this is not the same because Dame hasn't done anything close to this. But Slater, you, you talk about that old Lakers team with LeBron and give me a flashback. And I think I have this memory correct. When LeBron was hurt, uh, I think with the groin injury and he rolled out to the the, the bench with a glass of wine, um, you know, what, during one of their games when it was like the Lonzo KCP, like that's that's kind of when vino. it was like good, like the vino, like all right, we get it, like this this is not the team you're going to be rocking with, and and you're making that message heard loud and clear. Um, so we'll see what happens with Portland. To cut to the chase on a couple of other teams, guys, real quick, uh, that I'm curious about your, your views on Minnesota, which we we got to mention because they've lost a couple now, but they've had a, a just a good run. It's 11 and 12, but the numbers, man, they stack up. They're 12th in net rating playing some good ball. Anthony Edwards, obviously a beast and, and uh, Towns is, is finding a way to fit there as well and do his thing. But Minnesota and Denver with the MVP, which we always overlook tons of injuries, you know, terrible situation with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and whatnot. But bottom line, like T-Wolves and Nuggets, do you guys think we're going to be seeing them 
in either the play-in or the playoffs. Well, this was the the argument I've made a few times for the Kings when early in the season we we discussed if the Kings could make the play-in, and then when when Luke Walton uh, was fired, and part of that reason was because ownership's like you know there's such an uh, I guess a mandate to make the play-in in Sacramento, and the argument was well you know you only have to be better than five teams in your conference to make the play-in. That's really not that difficult to do. And um, am I a believer that Minnesota has this like emerging like contender core? No, not really. You know I do like what Edwards is becoming towns fits to me better as, as a number two. Um, but do I think Minnesota is better than the Kings Spurs Rockets, Thunder Pelicans? Yes, I do. So I think they're going to be in the play in because I think they're better than those five teams. Maybe the Kings could, could, uh, you know, I mean like they've been playing a little bit better lately. Like to me, that's the, the biggest competitor to that last play in spot. But sure. If you were told me nuggets, Timberwolves, Kings, two out of those three have to make the, uh, are going to make the play. And I'd probably pick nuggets, Timberwolves. Yeah, I'm with Slater. I'm with Slater. I don't buy uh, the Timberwolves or the Nuggets. The Nuggets have just too much, too many injuries, um, and and the Timberwolves. You know, I like some of their pieces, but um, I'm I'm not a believer in them. They've just been a dysfunctional franchise for so long, uh, and even though they're starting to turn it around, it's sort of like the Kings were what like two or three years ago. Everyone thought that they were. Sam, help me out on this. Everyone thought they were on the rise the and they were Dave having a Yeager, good year. right? Yeah, they yeah. won 39 games. People were coming yep. at me in the comment section because I was I had the audacity to talk about their culture after 20 years of being trash. And what do you mean? Uh, the culture is great. It's right, wonderful. Right. So <laughs> I, I look at the Timberwolves the same way. Uh, fun team. Uh, and I do. I disagree with Slater a little bit here because of Anthony Edwards. I do see them as. Potentially like a Memphis Grizzlies type of franchise where they could be on the rise, but they got to hit on the draft again. They've got to get some free agents in there uh, and and they've got to uh, develop the young guys that they have. All right, guys, uh, give me the verdict on which two teams out of that list of 12 we're looking at in the West. Just who's out? Who's out? If you got to pick. Halt, you know, I'm going to tell you the five teams I think are out and they're the five teams that are currently out. I think we can all agree the Pelicans like that Zion situation doesn't seem to be you know, resolving anytime soon. I think they're out. The Thunder clearly out. The Rockets, who have won, what now, five, six in a row? I think they have the longest win streak in the league. Kelly Eco is covering a juggernaut. Yeah, they've won six. And they were one and 16, and they're now seven and 16. Uh, I still think they're out of the playoffs. The Spurs playing better lately, but I think they're out. And then it's, so to me, it's like, it's, it's pick two out of three. Kings, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Blazers, I should actually say, because that could, honestly, should I? I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to end up being wrong. I think the Kings get in. I think the Blazers fall out of the playoffs. I yeah, just think I that situation's it. in a, it, it, it's just not heading in a good direction. So I'm going to say Kings, Timberwolves, Nuggets all in the play, and Portland out with those other four. I think I'm with you. I think I'm going Kings, Portland. Um, Darnell, what do you got? I could see that swap happening for sure, uh, but I will stick by my Damian Lillard love. He's my new Chris Paul. <laughs> If y'all find any bobbleheads in your travels of Damian Lillard, I can put <laughs> him right next to CP. I can put him right next to CP. I'm looking around my office. No, I don't have anything. So, yeah, I can see that swap happening, but I'm going to say that it's going to stay the way it is now. Kings won't get in in the play-in. Blazers will. All right, Darnell, you have given us a big chunk of your day, and with your team doing what it's doing, I'm sure you're a popular guy these days on the media circuit. But before we let you go, give us a little taste pun intended of your trip to New York. Uh, I'm a, uh, you know, I, it's, I don't know how to throw it to you because one of these topics is 
fun and, and lighthearted, and that's the pizza front. You did some real investigative research on that front. The other, you know, I don't want to make light of, of violence ever, but it sounds like just New York was was throwing its kind of the worst part of its soul at you. I don't, which which one you want to tackle there first? Yeah, we could we could. Uh, I'll just start with the bad. I mean, I, I <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not funny. I I uh, I damn near witnessed a murder outside of my hotel in, in Brooklyn. Uh, staying off the beaten path a little bit, deep in the heart of Brooklyn. How, um, how, cause you wrote that, how far off the beaten path were we? You're well, being I, a good company guy. Yeah. You're trying to keep the rates down. Exactly. And I don't want to mention the neighborhood, um, just because like I said, I mean, there's probably, uh, it's probably a great community. I'm not going to drag sure. anybody's neighborhood. Um, and, and I did see some, some humanity, uh, I mentioned in there where, where a woman went in there and, and paid for a pizza that she failed to pay for the previous day. Uh, so that warmed my heart. But but yeah, there was a there was an argument, some sort of dispute between a man and a woman right outside my hotel room. And and uh, the man, the woman was enraged. The man, I guess, had heard enough. And next thing I know, he comes out with a machete uh, and the machete has some sort of cover on it. And I'm looking at this play out from my sixth floor hotel room window, looking straight down uh, on the sidewalk. and. The cover comes off this machete and he starts, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, what am I trying to say, Sam? You know, he's, he's, Just he's waving it, it. He's swinging it around. Right. And I'm like, right. this woman's head's about to get chopped off. And this, it was not, it wasn't fun. It wasn't a game. They weren't playing. This was, you know, fortunately the woman only walked away with a flesh wound to her arm. Uh, and that was, that was, uh, an experience that I did not expect to see. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was, a, was, it was your a day at the trip. theater, Mrs. Lincoln. Yeah. Right. <laughs> other yeah. than that, it was a good trip to New York. Uh, the Bulls got two wins. I tried some, some of the best pizza. Apparently they have to offer in Brooklyn, Lou Cali, uh, for those listening who may be coming up on a New York trip, Lou Cali in Brooklyn in the Carroll gardens neighborhood of Brooklyn, uh, somewhere close to downtown. Our, our friend Howard Beck told me on Twitter today that, that's his neighborhood. So if you guys are ever okay. in Brooklyn, I think uh, Slater, I think you already went, but if you guys are ever in Brooklyn again, uh, you know, hit up Howard Beck. He can hook you guys up with some Lucali pizza. Good stuff, brother. Listen, good to see your face. Great to hear your voice. It's been a minute since, uh, like we said at the top, you and I and Slater were running around OKC, you know, trying to get Russ to say more than five words and 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 uh and talking about a whole different landscape in today's NBA. Uh I'm happy to see you with with so much to sink your teeth into coverage-wise. You know what I mean? This team is is giving you good content. You're killing it. Keep doing your thing. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Y'all keep doing y'all thing too. Thank you, boys.